investor. This is a bonus episode. My name is Ben, and I'm here at the offices of the real estate agency in which I work, uh, doing my job as a property manager. I've spent most of the day throwing emergency repair requests into a time capsule that I'll open in a month's time, and I'm getting ready to pass the time until I knock off, deducting hundreds of dollars from tenants' bonds due to my unshakable belief that normal wear and tear does not exist. Sitting at the desk across from me, sending a light request for rent reductions, it's Lucy. Hello, Lucy. Hi, really enjoying myself here. Uh, my job description is uh, fart assing around, and I'm doing a great <laughs> job of it. <laughs> it's really nice having a job where it seems like all you do is say no to people. You don't even have to say yes. I mean, it's it's quite stressful. I'm spending my time uh, bartering with a gardener who uh, he wants to mow a tenant's lawn for fifty dollars, but I'm asking him if he could go up to nine hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been sitting here and I'm just looking at the emails that I've been getting and then just not answering them. It's been mm. really, really good. Uh, I've got a couple of repair requests in here. Uh, just not going to answer those. You've got to give it a few days and then you've got to say that uh, you'll ask the owner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been getting some from people asking me to talk to the owner to see if I can uh, get a, a rent reduction for them. Uh, and I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to contact the owner at all. Well, why would it you? It's not our better. job. No. God, no. Not I don't know what our job is, but I know it's definitely not that. Unclear, but I'm getting paid exorbitantly for it. <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> I assume. I feel like, and this might be, this is based entirely on um, a gut feeling. I feel like real estate agents probably have the highest density of people with custom number plates. Oh, like, absolutely. You, the amount of times I see uh, people driving like shitty BMWs or whatever that are just like, estate or sales or you know like it's a really weird like one mm. property related word thing there's someone that drives around this suburb that's just got agent as theirs oh, for very, sure. cool. <laughs> very cool yeah it's dope always just very cool people every time i go back to my uh, hometown it's just like the worst people imaginable from high school whose like absolute peak year was like high school for them mm -hmm. they're the real estate agents they're the property managers in town which makes a lot of sense i also i've got a couple of friends that well, i wouldn't call them friends definitely people i went to high school with that have like kind of made it their whole thing on their social media as well. Like they're always doing Facebook posts about like the properties that they're oh, yeah. selling and stuff. They invite you like, to like the page. Oh, it's so weird. Terrible stuff. Disgusting. Sorry if the, you're a property manager, but no, I doubt I'm you're listening sorry. to the show. I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> That's not an apology on behalf of the entire podcast because <laughs> uh, we will not make that. Uh, speaking of making people's life worse just on a casual whim, uh, I believe we've got a very special edition of Plainly Speaking here. Oh, we sure do, and uh, I'm sure we'll put the theme in later. And if we don't, it's something like a uh, beep, beep. <laughs> it's, it's, something, it's Andrew's voice. Is it Andrew's I think it's Andrew's I, voice. I don't think it's Andrew's voice. It's, oh. uh, is it, it's, oh, this is very rude to the person that did it. Uh, you know, we weren't part of that discussion. But anyway, this might we actually weren't. be where the theme is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or this is what you get instead. Um you're welcome either way, depending on what I decide to do. <laughs> so, Harrison Ford, who is, mm -hmm. I will say, a very old man. This is just a great headline. Harrison Ford under investigation for aviation incident again. <laughs> so, I just learned about this recently, which is wonderful. Uh, Harrison Ford has his pilot's license, and if you're rich, you can just 
apparently just uh, fly your plane around. Um, so this is from Deadline. According to multiple reports, the star is again under investigation by the Federal Aviation Administration, this time over an incident that happened last week at an airport in Southern California. Ford was piloting a light aircraft that crossed a runway where another aircraft was landing. <laughs> Though the planes were about uh, 3,600 feet apart and there was no danger of a crash. He's under investigation for this, apparently, as last time I looked. Um, according to the BBC, Ford has acknowledged the mistake and apologized, saying he misheard an instruction <laughs> from air traffic control. Awesome. It's <laughs> so good that this is allowed to happen. Uh, so this is not the first incident in Harrison Ford's plane that he has been involved in. He's a real jack and ape. <laughs> really just a bit of a bumbling idiot up there, apparently. Uh, so in 2017, uh, Harrison Ford was 74 years old at the time, mm. was told to land on a runway at John Wayne Airport in Orange County, but he mistakenly landed on a parallel taxiway, <laughs> pass- <laughs> just crazy, passing over an American Airlines jet holding nearby. Uh, air traffic control recordings have Ford asking, was that airliner meant to be underneath me? <laughs> so, like, I... Uh, I get some of, like, sometimes got to anti when people are really aggressive on being like, once you reach a certain age, you should bloody have to take your driver's license test every six months or whatever. I'm mm. like, you know, I know lots of people that are in their 70s that are, like, fine, you know, that their brain still works good, they're still going great, whatever. But then occasionally, you know, like, you'll see someone just taking a roundabout, like, incredibly slowly in front of you and you'll look and it's, like, the oldest mm. person alive and you're just like, oh, this can't be good, you surely. Really like, this good. is just... I just feel like it, if that's how I feel about people in cars, it's got to escalate substantially when they're in a plane, right? Definitely. Like, it's, just, it's just wild to me. Imagine just sitting there in this airliner and Harrison Ford flies over you and nearly just completely <laughs> murders you. Imagine if the last thing you saw was Harrison Ford's face just like completely Oopsie. not taking in anything that saw. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> can just picture him with his like bewildered eyebrows. You know the look. <laughs> you know, there's like a bunch of his movies recently as well where he barely looks like he's like awake for those. Yeah, like in the newer Star Wars. He doesn't he doesn't look great. <laughs> no, he's just like, ugh, ugh. And that he's getting paid like a million dollars a second to be there, and they're doing multiple takes, he let sure alone is. where it's just his like personal time that he's just you know winging it. And so he has thought. enough money to just be flying his plane around. Uh, so I'm not done. In March 2015, <laughs> Ford was seriously injured when his second World War era trainer crashed on a Los Angeles <laughs> golf course when it lost power shortly after takeoff. So this could have completely killed him, uh, mm. except. Apparently, according to The Guardian, the actor was praised for his ingenuity in avoiding more populated areas. So he really um, pulled a sully. Ingenuity (laughs) seems like it's incredibly overstating that. (laughs) My God, this guy invented not crashing a plane into a shopping (laughs) centre. It's pretty incredible. (laughs) Thinking about sully landing in the Hudson River, then you've got a... Harrison Ford deciding to crash land into a golf course. You just see him like sitting up in the sky being like, wow, my choice is there's a spot there that's full of people and people's houses or this huge, immense, empty, flat green surface. What would a genius do? Now, I'm going backwards in the timeline, but uh, there's already some moments here where I would have personally stopped flying my plane. 
<laughs> I would have maybe just thought that it's not for me. But uh, even back in 1999, Ford crash-landed his helicopter during a training flight in which he and an instructor were practicing auto rotations in Ventura County, north- northwest of LA. Neither of them was hurt. And in another incident, Ford was flying a Beechcraft Bonanza, which sounds great, uh, when wind shear forced him to make an emergency landing at Lincoln Municipal Airport in Nebraska. They were uninjured when the plane clipped the runway. Um, I feel like the absolute <laughs> max number of like air crashes you should be in in your lifetime is one. It's probably one. I, I would say two at a, at a real maximum. Like, you really love flying. You're like, all right, I made a mistake. Won't make the mistake again. I've learned my lesson. <sighs> if you personally had a choice between being in a helicopter crash or a plane crash, which would you pick? Oh, plane crash for sure. Oh, helicopter right? crashes are like 100% fatal. You're just, you're <laughs> fucked. You're screwed oh, really? if, a, if a helicopter stops working. You can survive a, like a commercial airliner crash. You know, the, the actual um, rate of death is, uh, I think, as far as I know, it's not huge. I mean, it's huge. You don't really want to be in a plane crash, but you can absolutely sure. reasonably survive an airliner crash, depending on the situation. But if helicopter fucks up, you're fucked. Yeah, you just, oh, I guess because there's no capacity to glide, right? If you like no. rotor fucks up, you just plummet. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they work. I don't care to learn, and I don't trust them. <laughs> My understanding is, a uh, spinny propeller make helicopter go up. That's right. Which is pretty cool, as far as I'm concerned. Thanks, Da Vinci, for inventing that one. Yeah, thank you, Da Vinci, for all you did for aviation. <laughs> I think the the lesson here is, uh, don't fly with Harrison Ford. He's one. He's gonna die this way. Um, if this doesn't stop him flying his plane, I mean, I respect it. He's a, crazy beast of a man but um i feel like he should maybe just stop now before he hurts somebody else no he's one more chance one more Mm. crash and then he's out listen he's rich he's allowed to retain his pilot's license he's got that money i don't know if i've ever said this on the podcast before or not but uh so the, the the boat that my family lived on when I was in my teens the one that we hit the whale with don't know the name of the episode in which I described that happening but uh can't help you trying to find it, but uh, just know that it exists. Uh, we lived on that boat. We got that boat specifically because uh, Shirley Strawn from Skyhooks. <laughs> uh, you know how he he died in a fucking was it a plane or a helicopter accident? Plane, maybe. I don't know. He died in some kind of aviation incident. Was, yeah, one of the two. Well, anyway, this was the project boat that he was working on with a mate of his uh, in Bundaberg. Uh, and then obviously tragically died, and then the other guy didn't want to do it by himself, so I put it up for sale, and then my parents bought it. Wow. Uh, yeah, so when we got it, it was just a, a hull and nothing else because they were, they were halfway through doing it. Uh, but, yeah, weird little bit of... Little Ben trivia. Yeah, a little nice. snippet of my life, a little vignette. Mm, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, uh, which is probably... Weirdly, now saying it that way makes us sound almost opportunistic, but it wasn't like we were like, ha-ha, he died, let's board his, buy his boat. Uh, <laughs> let's get this you know, dead think... man's boat. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, speaking of horrible tragedies, let's talk about real estate again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doing so, so good is... at this, um, this segue. <laughs> uh, Andrew actually has a gift for it. Every time I give him shit for something, I, 
I feel great until I have to do them, but then I feel he has, awful. He has a certain skill set. It's, uh, it's basically the better call soul skill set. He's a really personable man. I'll give him that. And obviously, these are the things we're saying where begrudgingly giving him compliments implies how we actually feel about him, which is nice. Mm. He's a real shithead, and now that he's not here to defend himself, fuck that guy. Fuck you, Andrew. <laughs> uh, so we've been talking a lot about uh, landlords being absolute uh, fucking garbage, uh, mm. which has you know obviously been very nice and cathartic. But uh, we've had a few listeners point out that a lot of our anger that we've been directing at landlords could specifically be directed at the people that exist between landlords uh, and tenants, mm-hmm. which is the most horrible class of people alive. Uh, the property manager, largely because these are the people that have, well, much like landlords, they have a vested interest in tenants still paying rent because they are paid by a commission, which is something that they have not been shy about being too explicit about. Mm. Uh, So this is a story from... Uh, weirdly enough, it's a story from a current affair, literally the worst inst- uh, institution in Australia, but wow. that's all right, as long as we got this from them. Well, they, they have some things. You know, they hate a dodgy tradie and they hate a dodgy landlord. That is so true. Uh, that, mm-hmm. at least, is a popular sentiment that they can get behind that is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a 9.com.au write-up of that current affair story. Uh, real estate agents are being accused of putting their own interests ahead of tenants. Who would believe it? Who <laughs> would believe that? Uh, after an accidental email of internal communications about how to... What? After... Oh. Sorry, this is a horribly written article. Uh, after an accidental email of internal communications about how to head off requests for rent relief... That sentence doesn't go anywhere. The point is that this thing got leaked uh, to someone. Brisbane renter John received the two-page documents from his property manager at Coronas Cooperoo in Brisbane, which outlined reasons why requests for rent-free periods should be avoided at all costs. Mm. When the rent drops, our commission drops as well, the document stated. Go fuck yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) We should avoid free rent periods altogether for our benefit and for the tenants, as it has been suggested that some tenants will spend the upfront money and not save it for more long-term effects. Oh, so nice of you to be concerned. I love this complete misunderstanding of, like, spend what upfront money? Like, they can't pay the rent. They don't have money. What are you... Oh, anyways. They'll continue. spend it all on cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, without being selfish, free rent periods and rent reductions means less revenue and less staff, the document went on. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm. yeah, okay. Uh, it was also outlined what evidence of hardship needs to be gathered before even approaching the property owner. Tenants must provide evidence of change of circumstance, loss of job, hardship, etc. And an application has been uploaded that all tenants who ask for reductions must complete prior to approaching owners. You must not approach any owner without having this evidence, it said. Every application must be approved by the area leader before communicating with the owners. So that's very awesome. Mm, Uh, Cool stuff. This explains a lot. I mean, we're open about saying that landlords are overwhelmingly a terrible class of people, but... I don't think most of these requests for rent relief are even reaching that point. No. And this is uh, something that uh, a friend of mine who listens to the show had been talking about, that uh, she has a rental property that she inherited. And she had been from the get-go, like, to the real estate agents, hey, if can you put forward a thing through to the tenants saying that I am willing to offer any relief if you need it? 
and that she just gets no feedback on whether or not that has been done. And, you know, the impression she gets is that it just hasn't been, which oh, cool. I've got some stuff that they've sent through to her, which I'm going to read out, read out in a second. But, uh, yeah, that's, these are the people who have a very naked interest in keeping that money coming in, but also have complete control over that conversation. You know, the, the middleman between the two. The mm. landlords have no communication with the tenants. Tenants have no communication with the landlord. It all it's a great system. Yeah. I fucking hate real estate. Um, where was I up to? Uh, John's revue, revenue as an acupuncturist had dropped by 30% to 40%, and he hoped to get some relief on his rent. He said it was worrying to read what he saw as roadblocks to his request. It made it seem like there was not a way that we would be able to get any contact with the homeowners at all, like it was going to be blocked before it even got to them, John told a current affair. The email sent on March 31st also inquired whether John had applied for early access to his superannuation. Oh. Awesome. Cool. Illegal. Uh, as uh, we know. Uh-huh. Yep. Which we know now. Uh, his request was eventually refused by the owner, according to the agency. In a statement, Corona's property management director, Jody Ford, confirmed questions about tenant superannuation had stopped since April 3rd when ASIC provided a directive to all real estate bodies that staff could be in breach of legislation if they weren't a licensed financial advisor. We sent an email to the entire Coronas company to the effect that our team members are not under any circumstances to provide any financial advice to our clients, Ms. Ford told a current affair in a statement. Since the first request was received, our property manager has been in regular contact with this tenant, attempting to negotiate a reasonable outcome. A financial hardship application was sent to the tenants on 31st of March, prior to the ASIC advice, and after putting the application to the owner, the owner responded by saying, at this stage, I am not in a position to defer or reduce the rent. Uh, Penny Carr from Tenants Queensland says John's case shows that sometimes the interest of real estate agents and tenants aren't the same. You don't fucking say. Hmm. This is crazy, crazy thought. <laughs> uh, we just don't want to see tenants saddled with very big debts at the end of this process that they can never get out of and they're left living in poverty for years to come. She's not current affair. It was interesting that the statement doesn't at all, so the statement from uh, Coronas doesn't at all address the fact that they, <laughs> this guy got leaked an email saying, hey, uh, we need to keep making money, so try not to reduce people's rent. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool stuff. Pretty fucking psycho. Uh, so that that friend of mine I was talking about, so this is from a uh, a little snippet from a weekly newsletter that they get from the property management company. Uh, oh, this person has a strange name. Cinder has been leading the charge with the handling of all claims for rental distress by tenants and managing your ongoing income. Uh, some owners may not have been contacted as we were able to assist the tenants without a need to provide you stress. Wow. Great. Uh, we've seen some tenants, quote, try it on, but we quickly found out that they found out their real position and fell into line and continued to pay. Doesn't really make sense. But here's something even worse. Brackets, easy to get on the gravy train when the government is on TV suggesting rich landlords should be carrying everything. Oh. Wow, this is fucking gross. Uh, some tenants, however, have genuine hardship, and we thank those owners who have come to the party and provided some relief to their tenants. Note, our suggested best method has been rent deferral and not rental discount. Rent deferral doesn't really help It doesn't people, does at it? all. You no. just, uh, yeah, but of course it serves them because they're still getting the full slice of their commission eventually. Fucking sick. What a disgusting group of people. This is uh, just so gross. Just like the implication that most people are just, they're just faking it. The grubby little parasites are trying to take from us. grubby little paws trying to take from the poor landlords. Oh, it's so bad. So this uh, fucking same real estate agency had also been sending out the 
uh, open letter from the Real Estate Institute of Queensland that was saying that all of the uh, landlord, uh, all of the tenancy protections that were being suggested by the Labor government were, which are things like getting rid of uh, evictions and uh, putting in requests for rent reductions and saying that they couldn't uh, ask for a certain level of sort of personal financial information and that. Uh, the REIQ had put forth this open letter. They were getting everyone to sign and send through to the government about this, and it worked. They did it. Uh, they scrapped all of those changes in the legislation, and now basically the outcome of them was it was slightly easier to evict people now. It was very cool. Thank mm. you. Thank you. Oh, fucking piece of shit. Uh, but that's actually not even the grossest thing that they sent out. Uh, here is an email that this property <laughs> management company has been sending out to tenants. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so fucking bad. Tenant coronavirus competition. Entered by the 11th of May, 2020. Go what a title. To win a Coles gift card to the value of $100. All you need to do is send us a photo and show us your garden of the property you rent with our <laughs> office after your gardening efforts. Brackets or living room after cleanup styling for those without a garden area. The winner will receive a $100 gift card. We understand you're uh, stuck at home more than you want to be, so like many, you are attending to those household slash gardening chores. So enter and get rewarded. Just send your best after photo to blah, blah, blah by 5 p.m. on 11th May 2020. Make sure you put your address on the subject line. <laughs> Here is the possibility of getting a $100 supermarket gift card for looking after the garden looking of your property. Looking after your property. Oh, you could just imagine like the real Don Draper scene in the office. Like, <sighs> got to make tenants. They're not cleaning their property. <laughs> They're not keeping their gardens maintained. And I tell you what, property managers, they fucking hate it when you don't keep your garden maintained. Oh, you got to be on that shit. Like, got it. We'll offer him a chance to win a $100 Coles gift card. Oh, it's so great. And, like, I'm sure they're only giving out one of these as well. So, you know. Oh, yeah. However many one. people are just doing it and they're getting nothing. It's so fucking opportunistic. It's also, disgusting. Also, tenant coronavirus <laughs> competition. It's so bad. Don't call it a coronavirus competition because that sounds maybe a little bit like, who can get coronavirus <laughs> the quickest? Oh, they'd love that. Oh, it's so deeply strange. Uh, yeah, absolutely the fucking worst. Oh, that's pretty gross. I don't mm. like it. I uh, we recently had we had our like property manager get in contact with us to be like, look, the landlords talk to us and they're super angry that you've let your garden go, blah blah blah, mm. which was fair enough because uh, this was like after Brisbane had been in drought for a pretty long time. And so the grass just hadn't been growing. So I just really gotten out of the habit of mowing. And then we had like a week of storms and then ended up with like two feet of grass in the backyard. Like it looked like absolute shit. Unequivocally, could not deny they had a point that it looked fucking horrible. But also I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. So the landlord's really angry that our, our grass is overgrown, but hasn't done an inspection in like four months. Hmm. And that's our, our backyard, which is not visible from the street. So I'm just kind of curious... You know how how he would have heard it, heard about just, that, or you know how I've definitely had the same thing where the landlord has got mad about the garden when they hadn't done an inspection, so they're just just doing a little drive by every now and again to check that lawn length. It's so frustrating. I was sort of trying to be like, oh, when, when did you do the inspection? The property manager's like, oh no no, no. He just you know he's um oh he's, he's 
he said he's at a friend's house and he can see it from the balcony. I'm like, oh, so he's like, sort of just like, just kind of spying on us from like a friend's house nearby. She's like, oh, no, no, he's not, he's not keeping tabs on you. He was just, I'm like, Mm, it sounds a little bit like keeping tabs. It does seem a little bit like that. I'm just imagining him like setting up with a pair of field binoculars and just being like, oh, look at those bloody grubs. (laughs) It's definitely 100% what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. He's also masturbating while he's doing it. Uh, Yes. Couldn't tell you why, but. What a landlord does with themselves every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I've got another, I've got a very long article here that I want to read because this is something that I've been curious about for a long time. Uh, We've got time. We've got plenty of time. You know how, like, every now and then you'll see people on Twitter being like, hey, I've got $10,000 to give away. Just Mm. follow me or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's pretty obvious that these are, like, getting a boosting a follow account thing, right? Yeah. But my sort of question has also always been whether or not they're actually giving people cash, like... Because it's so easy enough to set up like a, a sock puppet Twitter account to just be like, here's a Photoshop picture of my bank account details yeah. or whatever, where they've like, it's gone up by $10,000 or whatever. Right? I've never really understood this. Uh, but apparently it's even fucking somehow worse than that. So this is a story from uh, the New York Times. Everyone is giving away cash on Instagram. Okay. Uh, here we go. On March 18th, as states sent non-essential workers home and companies prepared to cut costs, the fitness influencer Paige Hathaway posted a message to her more than 4 million followers on Instagram. I know it's tough with the quarantine, especially for those who are unable to work, so I wanted to do a giveaway for someone to receive $5,000. Damn. all caps. She wrote, The post, which was removed from Instagram shortly after this article was published, uh, featured Miss Hathaway fanning out a stack of $100 bills. So you've gone and withdrawn this from the bank to make your Instagram post. Uh-huh. That that Good. is also like a weird thing because you're not going to be paying You're not going to send them cash. Yeah, so what are you doing? You're just like taking $5,000 out, <laughs> taking a photo of it, and then redepositing that money? <laughs> I guess. It seems like you're unnecessarily interacting with cash, which at this point in time seems like a, bad, a bad idea. bad idea. Mm. I wonder if like... Anyway. Do you reckon banks are sanitizing notes that are coming out of... No, probably not. That seems Surely like not. That seems like a lot. I wonder. Uh, anyway, her fans began tagging friends and commenting about how desperately they could use the money. I could use a miracle right about now, one woman wrote. Several users posted prayer emojis. Uh, as the coronavirus has continued to disrupt American lives and livelihoods, Instagram has been overrun with cash giveaways like Miss Hathaway's. Several popular personalities have offered cash to their fans in exchange for tags, follows, and comments, including Harry Jowsey, a star of the new Netflix reality reality TV show Too Hot to Handle, Mm. Uh, the lifestyle influencers Caitlin Covington and Laura Bevelin. Can't express how much I've never heard of these people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the the rapper and social media star Bad Baby? Mm, it's bad baby. Bar- it's the uh, Bar- cash cash me outside girl. Oh, yep, mm, I know, I know that one. Yeah. Uh, to the more than 26 million US residents who have filed for unemployment over the past five weeks and millions more who are struggling to cover unforeseen costs such as medical bills and weeks worth of food purchased all at once, these cash offers may look like lifelines, but though they are frequently framed as charity, the giveaways are part of a growth scheme that has become pervasive on Instagram. 
Miss Hathaway, for instance, was paid thousands of dollars by the social media marketing firm Social Stance to promote the giveaway on her feed. Potential entrants were instructed to follow a list of around 70 accounts that Social Stance was following. The company charged $900 for a slot on the list. Those who purchased sponsor slots could expect to earn thousands of new followers overnight. Oh. So that seems kind of fucked, right? So she paid them for the so money, and that's got... basically purchasing new followers. So let's do some quick math here, right? So, mm. uh, yeah, she got paid the money to give away the money, and the company that was giving away the money, uh, they charged 70 people 900 bucks a pop. That is $63,000, and their cost was to oh, pay see. her to do it, and then the $5,000. I see. Damn, so, that's a lot of money in Instagram. This is a whole other world. Yeah, right? This is fucking crazy. I was kind of like, well, where is that money coming from? You know, is it just that person is sort of giving up that cost to get followers or whatever? But it turns out she's making money from giving away the money, and the company that is actually giving away the money is making, like, even if... so, Exorbitant amounts of money, yeah. Yeah, $63,000 minus the 5000 or 58000 there. Even if she's getting paid a couple of grand to do the post... They're still looking at making like fifty thousand dollars or more. It's fucking nuts. That's oh, insane. It, but it's charity, right? They're changing everyone's lives during coronavirus by giving one person five thousand dollars. Incredible um, stuff. We chose to get popular on the uh, the wrong app. Oh, we did. Should <laughs> no have, money uh, in Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see uh, one of us getting paid for uh, for tweeting lists. for posting. <laughs> the dream. Mm. There used to be. I don't know. I'm sure there's still a bunch of them, but like when before people had to disclose that uh, tweets were promoted tweets uh, or like paid, mm. there were websites where people with you know more than five or well, actually there was no limit to it, but you could basically put yourself on the website, say, I have a Twitter account with uh, this many followers, I will charge you this much for a retweet, or I will charge you this much for you to just do the tweet and it would automatically come up on my feed. Uh, so it was really fun when you could choose like those weird 50,000 follower, like auto scabbing other people's funny photos and posting it accounts or whatever. Mm. Uh, and just get them to say like, I suck donkey dicks. <laughs> it will cost you 50 cents or whatever. Like, uh, yeah, people were really big into that until you had to disclose that they were paid and they started looking really tacky. But now, obviously, people are doing shit in sneaky ways. Damn, I'd sell out. I'll I'll do a tweet for 50 bucks. That seems fair. Mm. That's a good price. 50 bucks I goes a long way. That's a good way. price. That sure does. Mm-hmm. You could just do the tweet after it, be like, I don't agree with the content of the tweet previously. <laughs> I made 50 bucks. Woo! <laughs> Hell yeah. Living the dream. Uh we go. Uh, if you tell someone they can gain 50,000 followers in three days, they're going to do it, said Nathan Johnson, 19, who helps oh. YouTube and TikTok stars orchestrate giveaways. 19. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That's He's, oh my goodness. Do you want to hear something worse? I sure uh, do. The business he runs with his 16-year-old friend Carter is Oh simple. my God. Uh, they pay a big influencer a certain amount of money up front to host a cash giveaway, then turn around and sell follow lists, follow list slots to earn a profit. Oh my god! I'm just staring at my screen incredulously. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to feel. Am I impressed? Am I disgusted? Like it's a good grift. 
it's pretty impressive. But it's also fucking like disguising it as charity, I think, is pretty fucking disgusting. It's pretty gross, yeah. Uh, entrepreneurs buy spots to gain followers in order to sell their courses or ebook, Mr. Johnson said. Models will do it to gain followers, to increase engagement, and charge more for brand deals. Doctors do it for credibility and to grow their personal brand. Uh, this gets worse. Louisa Warwick, the founder of Social Acceleration Group, has orchestrated seven Instagram giveaways with influencers and actresses, including Tori Spelling and Natalie Halcrow. Sure. Uh, her firm is currently selling sponsor list spots for an upcoming cash giveaway by the teen mumster Farah Abraham. Interested parties can pay just $270 to be on the list. In exchange, Miss Warwick said they can expect to gain thousands of followers. Uh, with many brand deals and sponsorship trips on hold because of the virus, giveaways provided big influence with a way to make quick money from home. Corona has been tough on influencers. And if you get told that you can make $20,000 for posting a giveaway on Instagram, you're probably going to do it, uh, Mr. Johnson wow. said. Purchasing I feel like coronavirus is probably not tough on influencers, right? you got a really solid job there. Yeah, I mean, I guess... He's not a lot of content at home, I suppose. I guess for like travel influences or whatever, that's mm. probably bad. Yeah, but like, it probably sucks. Isn't half of it just like these people getting sent products and being like, I, I love so. using this? Yeah. It's not my world. Uh, purchasing sponsor slots on giveaways also has become the fastest and cheapest way to go on Instagram. You suddenly get this surge of followers, said Dr. Thomas Connolly, a cosmetic dentist <laughs> who has purchased spots in Kardashian giveaways. What these giveaway campaigns do is force exposure to live human beings. Then, those people can make a choice as to whether what they want to keep following. Uh, Dr. Connolly said he is pitched daily to be a sponsor. In advertising, there's really not a whole lot of choices these days. With this, you pay anywhere between $10,000 and $20,000, and you become one of these 70 people that Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner says, hey, go follow if you want to win cash. $10,000 and $20,000. I guess it's just the same as paying for an ad on TV. It's just... It's a teen's world and we're just living in it. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Mm uh, when it comes to the people buying giveaway sponsor slots, the biggest buyers are plastic surgeons and entrepreneurs, Mr. Johnson said. Ms. Warwick echoed his assertion. Each of the giveaways she has organised included doctors. So when they're saying doctors, they mean like plastic surgeons. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Uh, it's the demographic and age group we're targeting, said Dr. Nicole, Dr. Nicole Nemeth, an owner of Plastic Surgery of Westchester. It's the people we'd want to market to. They are the ones looking at these influences. Uh, giveaways that allow you to target a demographic that you normally would not be able to reach with such precision, said Dr. Neil Blitz, a foot surgeon known online as the Bunyan King. <laughs> All right. In his case, he said, that demographic is women who wear heels and their feet are devastated by the heels. I feel like he's saying the demographic is uh, just dumb people. People <laughs> willing to be engaged in one of these schemes are exactly who's going to go to his uh, Bunyan clinic. <laughs> Imagine being called the Bunyan King. It's incredible. I like it. <laughs> uh, There's some tremendous names in this. Preston Million, the founder <laughs> and CEO of the digital marketing agency Influential Management, said that up-and-coming artists also frequently buy sponsor spots in influencer giveaways. It helps with perception when they're trying to shop themselves around to labels, he said. The alternative is to buy ads through Instagram, which can be more expensive. Normally, it would cost around $10,000 to gain 10,000 followers through Instagram ads. Through a giveaway, you could spend $2,000 and grow the same amount. 
Jordan Lintz, the founder of High Key, High Key Clout. I'm going to fucking... God damn it. <laughs> Don't you do it. Uh, one of the largest Instagram giveaway companies so that he doesn't like to frame it as buying followers. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, it's like sponsoring an internet event, he said. Upcoming giveaways are announced on their verified Instagram page and past winners and campaign results are featured prominently on the company's website. High key clout. High key clout. It's like sponsoring an internet event. You know, it's like uh, being Vans and sponsoring Warped Tour. Uh, mm. Sure, you know. it's the same thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just stalking the uh, the Bunyan King. Mm-hmm. What have so you found his, so far? His Instagram is, it's one line of the pictures are of bunions, of bunion plasties. And then the rest <laughs> of it are like Fuck. pictures of himself in elevators and like suits and drinking cocktails, drinking a coffee. What a What a strange world this is. I mean, I think, like everyone, right, reckons that they live in maybe the worst time. Uh, yes. It feels like we maybe live in the worst time, though. I, f- I feel like we really certainly do. It's just a lot of a lot of things that I don't understand, I don't enjoy. Uh, Bunyan King. Bunyan King. The Bunyan King. A Facebook company spokesperson said that many cash giveaways could be in violation of the company's community guidelines. This isn't the kind of experience we want to create on Instagram. Uh, No, Instagram is for getting insanely jealous of how your friends seem to be in Europe all the time on holiday. Mm -hmm. That's what it's for. Also, they don't care about this. They just want people to pay for the Instagram ads. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) That's all it says. Um. Additionally, according to Robert Freund, an attorney who offers a legal training course for influencers, many of these cash giveaways could violate state sweepstakes laws. There are a lot of state, federal, and local laws that regulate the sweepstakes promotional space, and there are special considerations when you run promotions online with influencers, he said. Uh, Right now, there's a trend where influencers are making it seem like these cash giveaways are out of the goodness of their heart because of COVID, said Mr. Freund. But if if they're getting compensated, they need to close the fact that when they promote the giveaway and make posts about it, Disclosure, oh, sorry, let me try that again. Uh, But if they're getting compensated, they need to disclose that fact when they promote the giveaway and make posts about it. Disclosure in influencer marketing is an area that the FTC is paying a lot more attention to recently and regulators are watching. Some influencers, however, aren't being paid to promote free cash. They're just giving it away. On April 15th, Katie Storino and three fellow Bosity Body positive influencers pulled positive together $6,000 mm-hmm. uh, of their own money for a giveaway. Entrants were encouraged to follow all four influencers, and the winner was selected at random. That's nice. Well, I mean, like, they've framed this as, like, that they're not being paid to do it. But also, this is three people essentially just paying $1,500 each. Yes. To increase their follow account, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Uh, very body positive. But yeah, it's weird. I guess in the context, this does make them sound better than everyone else that's doing it. Sh- it sure does. Kind of shit. Uh, Mr. Rito frequently gives away products at a page, but she thought money would be better put to use right now. The reception was positive, said Mr. Rito. Uh, people were excited that we were giving away cash, and they were excited to learn about other Instagrammers who have a positive message. What we didn't, what we did, didn't feel shady. It was a really cool, positive thing. 
I don't want to be, you know, one of those people that's like, I don't understand the things that the teens like. <laughs> I don't <laughs> but know. That's I really it's, it's bizarre to me. So I watch I watch some YouTubers sometimes. I watch some like vegan fitness YouTubers and I follow some of their videos <laughs> and stuff. But it's it's just a whole other world. It's nothing like the the terrible website that we spend all of our time on. It's just it seems like a bad life. Like they have a lot of money and they get all these sponsorships and people send them free stuff, but at what cost? You know. At what cost? It's really weird because I wonder. Like, you know, we all spend a lot of time on Twitter. I don't think that's uh, controversial to say. Mm. That everything that happens on that website, as insane as it is, seems relatively normal. Like, I don't know. It, but it feels like people just use it like a normal person. Generally, there's something insane about. Generally, Instagram. there's this thing, rare grift and whatever, but I feel like overwhelmingly Instagram is a lot of people are on there to try to make this their life. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the thing is that like there is a pretty well established career path for if you get enough Instagram followers, you can start doing sponsored posts and stuff and you can mm. monetize that in a way. But I think everyone with a normal brain after spending a little while on Twitter is like, oh, there is no way to monetize this. Uh, Not at all. Like, unless you want to do a grift, which there's certainly a path to grifting if you're really dedicated to it. But like you have to build that grift into other websites, if you know what I mean. Or like, get a book deal or something. Start a podcast with some of your friends from Twitter and have a Patreon for it. Some exactly. Sort of like, some kind like of grift that. like that, hypothetically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some sort of naked grift. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just really different. I wonder if... I also just don't really understand how people use Instagram, uh, which makes it slightly confusing for me. I just like look at it and see pictures and I'm like, oh, that's my friends. It's a nice stuff. picture. That's nice. Yeah. How do you, I think there's how, just a whole other world of if you're using it to follow these kinds of influencers and whatever. I only see it from some of my friends that, uh, you know, will share a post because they want to enter a contest from another influencer or something like that. You know, they do giveaways that are not cash, but gifts yeah. or whatever. And sometimes you see that stuff on there. I really don't get it. If oh, you a, like this stuff, please write in. Tell us all <laughs> tell about us. it. Tell us what you enjoy about this. I remember, I've maybe spoken about this on the podcast before, but the, when I went to the States when I was like 25, I was hanging out with some people that I met through Twitter who at the time were like super into Vine mm. uh, and like that were doing quite well on it. And I like went around to this guy's place with one of the people that I knew and there were just like 10 to 12 people there that were all like, not Vine stars in the, like, millions of views on their stuff or whatever, but they were, like, doing pretty good at it. But, like, hearing people talk about, like, the sort of planning and prep they were putting into Vines wow. uh, and, like, how they were doing, like, the numbers on them or whatever made me immediately not ever want to speak about Twitter in person ever in my life. Just for, mm. like, oh, God, is that what it sounds like? Like, it was... uh yeah, it was a very There's definitely experience. a certain genre of person on Twitter that speaks about Twitter this way in real life too. Oh, yeah. That uh, their whole tweets are crafted and planned, and they absolutely talk about the numbers that it's doing and stuff Never like that. Never ever do that. Also, if you've ever drafted a tweet, uh, go to hell. Just don't. You just you're, you don't you, have to. You Change your life. Just pop the, it off. Pop any tweet off that comes to your mind. You're gonna enjoy any yourself. Thought unfiltered uh, don't check for typos just put it out there don't uh yeah 
putting craft in it makes us all embarrassed. Please it don't. It really does. Do you, are you on TikTok? As in like, do you ha- have it? The I app? downloaded it the other day because one of my friends told me that he's getting really into TikTok and he told me about this group of people that like live together in the same house. It's like a mansion and they, they're like all TikTok stars or something. So I downloaded it. I haven't like looked at it yet, but I, I assume that it's probably not something I'm going to enjoy. Oh man. That, uh, did you ever read that, uh, the Vine mansion article about Logan Paul? Oh no. It was just like a, a profile article about him. That just painted a picture of like the craziest person in the world. He definitely seems like an extremely crazy kind of guy. Uh, no, this article is way too long for me to read. Uh, it's called Logan Paul has conquered the internet, but he can't figure out how to conquer the world. It's on Business Insider. Uh, you should definitely look it up and read it. It is just nuts. Okay, I'm going to read the start of it here. Okay. Uh, so this is from. 2015, which is actually, that was when I went to the States. Uh, This is when Vine was like very big. This is peak Vine. Um, (laughs) When I followed around the 20-year-old earlier this month, he had just finished filming a six-second clip that, with clever editing, shows him leaping over a speeding car and into the middle of a highway, flipping backwards over a motorcycle, grabbing a cat from the road, spinning away from another car and carrying the cat to safety. I'm saving a cat, Caroline. A cat, Logan said. Kitty Car Jump uh, went up on the social network Vine around two weeks ago. It has already racked up more than 20 million views. Oh, my God. Uh, Despite his mastery of Vine, however, Logan is dreaming of something much bigger, which is why he dropped out of Ohio State University last year and moved to L.A. I want to be the biggest entertainer in the world, Logan told me earlier this month. That's my deal. I'll do whatever it takes to get that, as many hours as is needed. Logan clearly believes in himself. Still, while his internet fame keeps growing, making him hundreds of thousands of dollars already, he hasn't found crossover success beyond a role in Law and Order and a few commercials. Mm. He hasn't proven that the silly style that works so well in six-second videos on four-inch screens can work in any other context, and he hasn't shown that he knows how to do any other. Like any aspiring star. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he kind of did translate into other success. He got famous for that uh, body of the... Suicide Uh, Forest video? Yeah. Is that Logan Paul? Okay, cool. Yeah, that was him. This is the same guy. Also the same guy who briefly became a flat earther. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He, like, did uh, the, like, keynote speech at the 2017 or 2018 uh, Flat Earth Conference, which is really great. Wow. Oh, that's incredible. Like any aspiring star, Logan is on the clock. He will only be this young and this pretty for so long. His fan base, composed largely of young girls, is getting older too, and there's no guarantee they will stay with him or what that the next generation will take their place. Logan is convinced this is his window of opportunity that he has to keep up with the Hollywood pace of go, 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 go if he wants to cross over into mainstream fame. Uh, Logan Paul knew nothing about Hollywood when he moved there with dreams of transcending internet stardom. When he hired a financial planner and a manager, he wasn't clear on what exactly those representatives were supposed to do. Oh, my God. (laughs) He told me, I had to ask my manager. I go, are you my manager or my agent? And why? He goes, do me a favor. Watch Entourage. I watched the whole season. (laughs) Logan signed the lease on an apartment in a luxury complex on Vine Street, a building that currently houses six of the top 15 Vine stars in the world. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> Logan currently ranks 10th and is neck and neck with a guy named Jerry Perp Drank, who lives down the hall. As to how they ended up on Vine Street, he seems uncertain. It's weird, right? Like, fucked up, Logan said. <laughs> I went to the apartment on Vine Street for a few days to visit Logan and experience the life of an internet celebrity. The apartment complex, which has various checkpoints requiring a resident code to access, is a little confusing at first. I got stuck on the elevator twice. But when I finally made it up to Logan's apartment, which he shares with his brother Jake, I was nearly swept off the floor by a smiley, light-haired, light-eyed, six-foot-one boy-next-door star of the football team. We do hugs here, Logan it's explained. It's not going to fuck he... you, dude. It's so Yikes. fucking weird. <laughs> it's pretty weird. He is. I look, he's a handsome guy. It's like a handsome fridge, that man. It definitely looks like a fridge. I'll give him that. Uh, we do hugs here, Logan exclaimed as he welcomed me inside. In the entryway, I was confronted with a massive photo of Logan, Jake, and a bunch of unrecognizable social media stars on the wall, <laughs> all posing in a riff on the biblical Last Supper. It's called The Last Selfie, Logan tells me. Oh. Do you get it? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but like, this is just, it's such a point in time of this genuinely insane thing that it sounds like it's kind of happening again with TikTok stuff, or I guess yeah. it's... I mean, good for them. It's impressive, but I'm I'm so glad I'm not a teenager right now. I I've been having like a few of those moments lately of seeing stuff and just not being able to understand it at all and be like, "Oh fuck, this is what it feels like." Yeah, I'm oh, definitely God getting damn. to that stage. My uh, I play Fortnite with my nephew who is like 13, and uh, he wants to be a YouTube star. That is his dream and goal in life. Sure. So that's great to hear. But he's always so shocked when I when I do know things from the internet. Like all the vines that I know. Because I've, I've sure. seen vines. Like I've been on the internet for a long time. I've seen all the vines. And he's always like, how do you know that meme? Where did you hear that meme? <laughs> he clearly oh, thinks I'm extremely ancient. He thinks that like the internet is this whole little teen world. But, you know, in some senses, it, it sure is. Yeah, I mean, they're... I feel like their inscrutable meme game is like light years ahead of ours. Every now and then I'll just like see something and just be like, I'm not even going to try to understand this. Yeah, it's like a whole other level of humor that I'm never going to understand it. And like my nephew is just like laughing his ass off. He thinks it's so funny. (laughs) But at the same time. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't remember. It was like, uh, it's a a rapper called, I think, 100 Gex. Is that... (laughs) I don't, I don't know what... Um, anyway, but... Someone like, at home is listening and they're like, fucking idiots. Don't even oh, know God. the latest 100 gecks. Oh, wait, sorry. It's it's not one person. It is a musical duo. Oh. Uh, anyway, I like... The song sounded like absolute fucking ass to me. And then I saw a bunch of people about my age in the comments being like, this sounds like shit. And just like 50, 20 year olds being like, lol, you're so old. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> fuck. I'm going to have to pretend to like this to be cool, aren't I? Oh, God. God, now that's how I think of Gen X is how they think of us. Yep. That's really really a synopsis setting. It sure does. I'm worried that I'm getting to a point where I start empathizing with boomers for deliberately choosing not to understand stuff that young people like Mm. because it does feel good. Just being like. It really does. I don't get it and I don't want to know. I don't care. I've already got enough things. Mm -hmm. That feels quite nice, but also. I fucking hate it when people older than me did that. So, <laughs> hard to say which is the correct approach to take. Mm, just 
time it sure does roll on. Uh, if anything we've said uh, makes us sound extremely out of touch and like crotchety old shits, who cares? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. We're <laughs> old now. We are. <sighs> All right. Well, I think that's probably about enough for today. Um, yeah. Go leave it on the uh, on that baffling note. <laughs> that is the stand we are taking. Uh, just shaking a fist at a cloud. I will get into TikTok. I'm going to have a browse. I feel like I don't need to actually get TikTok because everything is cross-posted to other platforms. That's true. It's like, like I can just watch the best Vines on YouTube. Why would I ever have looked at Vine? <laughs> absolutely. Like, And it seems like the platform is set up for people to share the videos to other things. Like, it's such a weird idea to me that it's not like, I don't know. It's just a different paradigm to how the other I things do, work. But I then, am seeing some TikToks on Twitter from but also, our age. Like, fucking people on Facebook also love to cross-post tweets as well. I guess that's just how people do I stuff saw one of, I just saw one of your tweets posted on my Facebook from someone oh. in Hawaii. You know, just like a screenshot of your tweet. It's a very bizarre experience when things like this happen. Oh, that's weird. Every it's now and then weird. I'll have like one of my friends will tag me in a Facebook post they've seen where it's like a screenshot of one of mine. Same. I'm like, please don't tag me. I simply do not care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking. This is something that we didn't end up doing just because my general rule of thumb is that if something sits in the notes for like more than two episodes without actually getting used, I just delete it quietly and then cry about it. Uh mm. But there was one where I had spent like a couple of hours going through the polyamory subreddit <laughs> for just how people are dealing specifically with coronavirus. Mm. Uh, and then the immense cell phone that happened to me after doing this for like hours of like scrolling all the way back to like a month ago or whatever was someone having shared a screenshot of one of my tweets <laughs> and just be like a bit vulgar, but he makes a good point. Oh. Uh, where I was like, oh, no. Okay, well, that's me done for the day. <laughs> Great. It's time to log off when that happens. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is a bonus episode, so, I mean, you could be hearing it either way. We're still putting these out for free. It's free, so don't complain about it. Yep. Uh, you're getting your money's worth just by default. Unless you are already paying for it, then... Um, yeah, Direct really your complaints you to uh, our boss, our yeah. property manager himself, Andrew. <laughs> Please. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you in the near future. Enjoy your enjoy your quarantine. Have a lovely quarantine. Have a have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>